Hey everyone, your host John here. We had a really great opportunity to have an interview with Lance, who is a uh, worker organizer from the Carolina Amazonians United for Solidarity and Empowerment, aka CAUSE, at RDU1, which is an Amazon warehouse in Garner, North Carolina, outside of Raleigh. Uh, we're really proud to be bringing this interview to you, and if you want to hear the whole thing, please subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash workstoppage, and if you can't afford to subscribe to the Patreon, please just hop in the Discord and message any one of the admins and we would be happy to make sure that you can receive our bonus content which is not just interviews like this but also shop floor discussions discussions about the broader nature of capitalist economics and uh, about the history of labor organizing in general so uh, thank you so much for listening and I did make the preview a little bit longer so that uh, we can get as much of this information out there to the public we're really really happy to be bringing to you the great work that these folks have been doing on the ground so uh, without messing around too much more uh Let's go straight into the interview clip. Thanks. The new world begins. And I guess uh, one thing that we didn't quite go over that, you know, I think we talked about a little bit on when, when we originally talked about this on some of our main episodes, but uh, Cause is an independent union? That is correct. That is correct. We've actually, we've talked with every major Amazon organizing group like we've talked with the people down at Bessemer like we've had meetings with them we've talked with ALU and their group of people um uh we've talked on individual basis with a lot of the people from Amazonians United um and we've gleaned nuggets of wisdom and information from all of them um and I mean we're still keeping options on the table in terms of like affiliation uh, things along those lines. But at the end of the day, our number one priority is autonomy. We like want to be able to keep the power and the organization inside the building. Um, and so, you know, if someone comes along and they want to offer us financial backing, great, totally take it. If someone wants to come along and offer us, uh, you know, uh, litigative protections or, you know, resources one wonderful we appreciate you thank you so much um or like strategic uh, we have tons and tons of people that have like given us uh trainings and like strategizing uh work play, uh workshops and tools and resources and programs to uh to to do various things um we actually had one individual who probably wants to remain nameless that he um uh works with uh a university somewhere in the country and designs their website. And he's like, yo, you know, power of the people I'm doing this for you guys. And he like set up our whole website and made it for us just out of solidarity. I'm just like, man, like it, it's That's like, awesome. it is truly awesome. It's humbling. Honestly, like it, it's like when you just open yourself to the possibility and you set your mind on what you want, like those opportunities kind of will present themselves to you. If you keep your eyes open and are able to, navigate life in that manner so it's it's i'm grateful on such a large degree for all of the help that we've gotten from all of the groups and organizations and individuals that have helped us so far um we wouldn't be where we are today without them um and it's uh it's just amazing people like come out of the woodwork to try to help um and then of course as we've gained more notoriety um I think labor notes really launched launched us off the map and like to like an international scale, and then we had to really 
galvanize ourselves for more predatory people that are coming just wanting to tack themselves on and try to like get clout from it and so we're having to like navigate that whole realm of like are they actually here to offer us something or do they just are they trying to just be a part of this just to like pack it onto their belt yeah i mean i i mean i will say that like watching uh reverend ryan's uh you know uh participation in that panel at labor notes like with all the other like with the representative from Amazonians United with folks from the ALU with, I think there was an RWDSU rep on the panel. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that was like, that was a really fascinating and great discussion. I'm really glad that like folks organized that and y'all were able to participate it. Cause like, just, I mean, like we talk about labor all the time on the show, but you guys are the ones out there actually, you know, in the middle of it doing the work. And so just to be able to learn from all those different experiences and all that hard work, and all the challenges that y'all are trying to overcome was incredibly um, informative and, and, and was really interesting. And I guess one of the things that I would want to know, like about, because obviously, you know, you're organizing as a independent group. Um, but and most of what we've seen as far as like specific targeted attacks on unionizing groups from Amazon has largely been stuff that's aimed specifically at the ALU. Like I know we saw like as soon as like the, the there was folks up in Albany that just uh, like uh, announced they were affiliating with the ALU and immediately Amazon starts putting on all the screens like don't sign a union card the ALU is untested, da, 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 their standard nonsense. Um, I'm sure that you, you all have not, you know, been spared the, the company's wrath. So what ways has, has Amazon, you know, tried to combat your organizing drive? Like what sort of tactics have they rolled out to try and, and push back? Um, I'm not sure if it's directly in response to ALU's tactics or if it, was in response to uh, one of our more recent flyering campaigns, but they have actually changed their national policy on being able to come into the workplace right. when you're not scheduled. Uh, I think it's like 15 minutes beforehand, they're putting like a very strict limit on when you're able to step into the building um, if you're not like scheduled in shortly. And so it's kind of mind boggling to me that they're like that scared. It's kind of like they're showing their hand a little bit, right? Because it's like, we got them on the back foot. Like, it, it, they can paint some kind of a magical picture, like, uh, we're just a bunch of unorganized, you know, heathens out there in the workplace. But, like, <laughs> right. they're sweating. They're clearly sweating if they're passing this kind of uh, um, uh, policy. Like, uh, policy. Thank you. Yes. And so it's, it's, mm, it makes me smile a little bit and uh, chuckle because um, it's not going to stop us. Like, you can, you can put that law. Okay, cool. Sure. You know, but it, at the end of the day, yeah, there's, there's a inevitable will. I feel like that it, well, at this point, there's just too much, uh, too much wrongdoing. Like the, the imperial uh, predation is only capable if you keep the people placated and comfortable and they're failing to do that. You know, uh, at a large scale, people are homeless. Like I have one guy that lived in his car for, like three or four weeks. Um, I actually, my wife and I, we lost our house when we, uh, we got COVID. Uh, it was like a little rolling. My son got COVID and I got COVID and my wife got COVID. So for almost a month, like rolling, like we weren't getting the income that we needed. And we talked to our landlord and doing the wonderful leech on society that they were, they were like, 
well, we'll try to work with you. The best we can do is we'll let you get out of your lease. And, uh, wow. yeah, because we can get someone else in here and charge them 300 more a month than what we're charging you because of your contract that's currently listed. So, um, yeah, have a good luck with that. And I'm like, what the hell? So we actually had to like move in with my wife's parents. Um, and so life is, life is a little bit more difficult and less comfortable than it should be for, uh, you know, a family of adults in their thirties that, you know, have two kids. If you go back to like the fifties, the dad could just go work at a warehouse and he could provide for the entire family. Now my wife and I are both working and, you know, we're barely making it. Uh, it's you know, like just inflation. And like everything is, no one's comfortable. No one's happy anymore. Everyone's miserable. And then we have a controlled opposition party that's just doing nothing in society, right? right to actually quell these issues like they're supposed to be a pressure relief valve for the system right but they they're failing even in that regard they remind me of the wigs i don't know if you guys are like history buffs or anything but if you go back to like the mid 1800s they're pretty much just play by play doing everything the wigs are doing just hoping that at that time the democratic party makes a fail that would allow them to get a a nomination for presidency to the party and so they implode and then you know there's this big power vacuum and then you have a three-party system for a period of time. Uh, and I, I kind of see that's where the country is going, just on a political sense. I, I think the Democratic Party is probably going to fall apart um, just because they continue to do nothing at all. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, just out of curiosity, have uh, have dem- you know semi-prominent Democrats been among those people who have been trying to insert themselves into the situation? Um, maybe maybe that's too have... much shade to throw around. I don't know. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're okay. You're okay. Um we haven't had anyone specifically reach out to us. Uh, we did have an organization that has a lot of links to politicians, uh, come to us and offered us, um, resources, uh, which he's a great guy and their organization is great. And we actually use them cause they have a lot of other resources, uh, media and so on. Like they're just very, very well networked. But one of those networks was political and we actually, had like a couple debates within our rank and file <laughs> sure. democratic uh, organization of like, what do we want to do here? Like, is this something we want to go about? Is this actually going to benefit us? Um, and just trying to figure out like if that was a route we wanted to go. Um, and so we're kind of putting them on the back burner at this point in time until like they can prove some things. I did have sure. one local representative call me for like wanting me to vote for them. And I was like, Hey, <laughs> how about you get some legislation through to help with workers' rights first? Or like sure. any of this other litany. And I gave them like a 20 bullet point list of ways they're failing and letting us down and what they need to focus on. Of course, I mean, with all the gerrymandering and there are a lot of obstacles. If you are sure. a well-intentioned general, genuine person that wants to do good, and happen to be running Democrat, like you, you, the cards are stacked against you, you know, and then you're going to get into the system. You're going to get indoctrinated, you know, give it like five to 10 years. Um, and we're going to get sandbagged. And there's just, there's only so much you can do unless you go the, uh, what's that lady. There's a councilwoman in Seattle that has like a lot of social mm-hmm. backing from the people that, you know, if, if her coworkers give her too much of a pushback, she can kind of start rallying the troops and they'll start locking down sectors of the workforce. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, that's that's really great. Honestly, I mean, like, and especially pushing politicians from the side of labor to actually do things for labor, saying, like, if you want anything from us, you have to be the first people to step up because we labor has historically, uh, you know, been supportive of people who just didn't do shit for them, unfortunately. And uh, we just can't keep falling for that. It's it's just not going to be anything that's going to bring us forward. And if anything, it divides our, our unions and we need to stay strong together as the working class. Yeah, totally. totally. Well, I mean, I, there's this fear, right, of like, um, like, what is it, the, the NLRB in, um, I'm not really sure if you're familiar with the uh, Smithfield meat processing plant uh, in North Carolina. Uh, uh, but they have, the, the decades long fight to, to yes. unionize there? Yes. Yes, that company sandbagged the process and pushed back at every possible institu- like instance uh, to draw out their their recognition a decade, ten years mm-hmm. or nine and a half years or so. Um, and like, it, we don't have that kind of time. Like, sure. I, I think operating within the the tiny narrow margin that's been drawn out for us of like how to protest from. 5 p.m. or 5, you know, right. 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., you know, in this one little region with a permit. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, the, the rules that you're giving us are unacceptable. And but at a certain point, like, I don't want to go full Nat Turner or anything, but like, something, <laughs> something's got to change. So I love the more militant aspect that a lot of places are starting with, like Starbucks, uh, there's like work stoppages, strikes. I love the Sabo Tabby image that you guys have for your podcast I'm like, it's the most ferocious uh sabotage cat i've ever seen i'm like oh man like it looks so good thank you thank you yeah, yeah. um and you mentioned uh inflation and i've been wondering uh, because one of the things that we've heard, you know, reading about issues that like the RWDSU encountered in Bessemer and, and then talking with Matt from the SDF one facility and issues in Kentucky, obviously one of the things that Amazon has been able to use in the past to try and suppress labor organizing, especially in States either in the South or just generally in States that either don't have their own minimum wage or have incredibly low minimum wages is to basically say, look, Oh, oh, you, you, you know, you want to organize here? Well, like, look at everywhere else that's paying less. Like, yeah, we may only be paying you $15 an hour, but everywhere else is even worse. And and so I know that folks like organizers there have said that the, the, the investor said that was a challenge. But one of the things that I've been, you know, considering about that is just that with inflation as high as it is right now and prices through the roof, it's getting to the point where it's like, whether you're paid $8 an hour or whether you're paid 15, certainly you'd rather be paid 15. But if you can't, as you said, if you can't pay your rent, if you can't pay your healthcare on 15, I don't really know that there's that as big of a difference anymore. Is, is that really, something you're you nailing the head? You're, you're hundred percent nailing it. You're nailing it. Like, like the income has been devalued to the point where people are starting to recognize that their, their labor is, being devalued and it's like they're working just as hard if not harder in a lot of instances people are working you know two jobs three jobs i'm working overtime just to be able to bring home a paycheck that can help my family out like so i'm working 50 hour work weeks plus trying to organize plus being a father of two like i i'm losing sleep every day (laughs) 